Shut up and sit down. Hello strangers and welcome to Strangers in a Cinema. I'm one of your co-hosts Paul Anderson here with co-host Grace Williams. Grace, how are you this week? Sleepy. Sleepy? Is this because you've got a new job and you're not used to getting up early? Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> Especially like if it was if I was living in like LA and it was half past seven and the sun was blaring into my my face and I'd be fine but it's because I live in a little basement. And I get no sun, so I'm like, is it, what is it, what time is it, I can't deal with this. So, yeah. I mean, Bath is known as the Los Angeles of the Southwest. Is is it? Have is I just it? made that up? Yeah, I think you made that up. <laughs> I just made that it's up. like okay. Ron Burgundy style, like, <laughs> the Wales vagina. Um, yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, right, what have we got coming up this week? This, well, I, I'm going to tell you that. That's what's yeah, going to happen. I'm going to tell you. So, we've got the uh, usual sections, what we've been watching. Uh, in the middle section of the show this week, we will have an interview. Uh, as finally, it's finally here, the interview we promised with the uh, the guys behind Rebel Film Festival. So I got some time to sit down with them uh, over Skype this morning and, and threw some questions their way. So it's going to be about, about a 20 minute interview, but well worth a listen if you're interested in film festivals and that kind of thing. And then we will be closing the show with a feature review of Fighting With My Family, the Stephen Merchant uh, directed wrestling comedy drama, mm. I think is a good way to describe it. So um, yeah, that's what we're going to be grilling through on the show. Um, Grace. Yeah. That leads me to ask you then, what have you been watching? I've been watching Alien. It was well, happy birthday, Alien. I happy think it's, birthday, it's fair to say it's the fortieth that is the fortieth yeah. anniversary of yeah. Alien this year, which is terrifying. Yeah. Is it terrifying? The film is. Yeah. Um I don't know, it just it makes me feel old that Alien I mean Alien is a little bit older than me, but it makes me feel old that Alien's forty years old now. I guess, I suppose, but I guess it makes sense with the like when you rewatch it and it's got all the um, uh, computer bits and it's just like so dated. It's like, oh yeah, this is what would have been on the future in the forties, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, what? Where did you watch it? Uh, I watched it at Odeon in Bath, um, so it was nice to see that they put it on again. And you watched it at the Tivoli, which is yeah. a cinema that. So we kind of we didn't go to the same screening for this one, considering on the same podcast. This was, was bad planning, I think, on our behalf. But how was the Tivoli experience? Because the Tivoli, for listeners who don't know, is a really plush, high-end cinema that we've talked about on the show yeah. before, and it is banging. It is banging. How was the screening? Yeah, no, I mean the um the actual screening, like the the sound was really awesome, and the actual projection was awesome. I mean, they 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 hadn't done too much with the screening had they like the, the actual film that they put out it wasn't retouched or anything I think it's like a that re- i think it is a new 4k remaster really yeah that's didn't my feel understanding like that. of it it felt, it felt um, old do you know what i mean i was watching it and i was like this is still not suit i mean especially like the opening sequence it was a bit like i feel like this is a bit vhs style even okay but then maybe it, it gets better which i don't know but um yeah no it was really great apart from the as i was just moaning about before this started the people who were like talking non-stop on the sofa next to me throughout the You think with a film like Alien, like, you just wouldn't do it? (sighs) Like, I mean, maybe maybe it's, oh, we've seen it before, so we'll just chat over it. I don't know. I mean, there wasn't people talking at the Odeon. No. But there was a lot of people going to the toilet constantly. Oh, I I hate that. And I think that's, I mean, people do need the toilet. Yeah. But at the same time, just go beforehand. But the amount of people going to the toilet, I'm like, okay... I appreciate that you you've. And I think the only thing I can think, and it happens a lot in these like classic film screenings, is people have seen the film before, so they're not bothered. No. So just get up, 
It's so irritating. And they just like clomp all the way down the stairs, don't they? <laughs> There's just no subtlety about it. Or they, they'll run across the screen. And you're just like, what are you doing? Just duck. Just bloody <laughs> duck. Oh my God. Yeah, hate it. Every, I feel like every time I've gone to the cinema recently, there's always been like, like so someone talking when I went to see Ablita, like consistently. And then we like an hour late in, we were like, do you think you can stop talking, please? Like, oh my God. What is wrong with people's attention spans? I feel like there should be like a three strikes and you're out rule with cinemas. Or bounces. Yeah. Which there is sometimes, actually, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just behave yourselves in cinemas. Just be quiet. Yeah, like, just stop Just it. be quiet. I mean, on a side note, I went to see Massive Attack at the weekend, which isn't a film. I'm aware of this. But there were people talking through that, like oh, loudly talking through a gig. I'm just like... Don't come or don't, don't, if you want to do that, if you want to watch a film or listen to a band and talk over it, just do it at home. I don't understand why you're wasting your money being there if you're not going to give it your full attention. It makes no sense to me at all. It's so irritating. And it's annoying for everyone. It ruins the experience for everyone else. I don't understand it. Yeah, like between that and people like holding up their iPads right in front of you and you're (laughs) just like, what are you doing? And then I went to a Skunk and Nancy gig and like we were dancing it was charlie big potato so it was like a big like heavy song and people were like telling us off for dancing and it's just like what? but it's oh it's fine for you to just talk about oh have you heard about rosie oh yeah she's having a baby like shut up like when we went to see stevie wonder like literally it was this beautiful gorgeous string section but these people were like oh did you hear about so and so getting married and then they were like shouting like play superstition you're just like shut up it was billed as Songs of the Key in Life in its entirety. <laughs> like, that he's not going to play all of his hits. Stop it. <laughs> you know, I appreciate people are paying like 70 quid a ticket or what have you for these things, but like, come on. Yeah, but that argument doesn't have water, does it? It's just like, oh, because just because you pay 70 quid a ticket doesn't mean... And I t- this is basically what some people said to me at the Massive Attack gig. Well, oh, we've paid for a ticket as much as you have. And I'm like, well, that doesn't mean... Oh, well, in which case, then if I've paid for a ticket, I'm just going to have a shit. Yeah. In the middle, yeah. in the middle of the thing, and yeah. and then like, and that'll ruin it for you. It, yeah. d- it doesn't just mean you can just behave how you please. Yeah, do it. But, yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> honestly, it. like I have I'm done things. Go where I was going to go to another massive attack and have a shit in the middle of the. Yeah, do it. Do it. I was so cross. Like, um, I've been um with my partner a couple of times to gigs where people have been like being so irritating with their talking where we've like accidentally fallen our drinks into their back or something. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Or like like elbowing them. Do you know what I mean? Just like, oh, sorry, I'm just really into this song. Anyway. We're we've, probably going to get digressed. banned. We we've have digressed, digressed but so, you can't do that in the cinema, right. can you? You can't no. elbow someone. Unfortunately, not. No, I mean but, I yeah. shout at people often enough in the cinema, but you can't. Yeah, you can't elbow them. Unfortunately, no. But yeah, right. Alien. Yeah, Alien what itself. A good film. <laughs> yeah, just I mean, yeah. There's there's not there's not probably nothing we can say on this show that hasn't been said about Alien before. No. But what I think what struck me from seeing this at the cinema, this I think I've, I think I have seen it at the cinema before when they, we were talking yeah. about this off air as well, and they did Alien and Aliens back to back. Yeah. It's an incredible experience. But what really struck me this time round is I always forget just how quiet Alien is as a film. And like that first, probably that first 20 minutes, half an hour yeah. is just incredible. From the way the camera like slowly creeps around the Nostromo at the beginning. Mm. It's just beautiful. And like it just it just from almost the opening seconds. Mm. Well, definitely from the opening seconds, the way that the, the tie to the word alien just creeps across the yeah. top of the screen. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah, just yeah. like oh, fuck, this is going to be scary. Yeah. Like, and there's just that whole, like, just that, I don't think, and there's not many films that have as consistent an atmosphere as Alien for the for the whole film. You've got the, the sense of dread building up to the 
two that where they land where they land on the planet. Yeah, yeah. You see the space jockey, uh, which is such a shame. It's been ruined by Prometheus. <laughs> yeah, um, like it's, it's to be honest, that whole bit was like whole quite amazing. Is, like yeah. HR Geiger's Geiger's design is just incredible. Well, it just it just gives you such a, an epic sense of like enormity. Yeah, going into yeah, the unknown, yeah, like, yeah. like you just get this sense of power. And I think the way. The way that scene is shot as well, when they walk into like the the chamber where the the space jockey is, and yeah. they're just like, "Oh fuck, we are tiny." <laughs> like... Yeah, 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 yeah. See, I think like throughout, if you haven't seen Alien before, there's going to be spoilers now. I don't really care because why? Why would you be listening to this podcast if you haven't seen Alien? Well, you might be eighteen and not seen Alien. To be fair, there's some, there well, might be some younger gen- okay, there might be younger well, generation. But they, uh, yeah, homework we, then this, go and watch the, Alien. Yeah, there's going to be some, there's going to be some spoilers sake. for Alien. Yeah, 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 for goodness go sake. On, sorry. Anyway, I think like the scariest moment for me watching it a second time was actually when John Hurt's character falls below the mist and you see that creature in the egg. That was the scariest bit for me, more than the chest busting. Okay. I think. And also more than I, the first time around I watched it was when the aliens all curled up in the escape pod. But yeah, this time around, just, just and sure, the, like the sheer practical effects as well of a creature in this like yeah. liquid egg was just like amazing. And um, and I was thinking throughout the film like, ah, oh, like is there a better Ridley Scott film? Like is there? Because and I was trying to think like what his like back at his filmography. And it's I, was... not, I can tell you what it isn't. It's not Alien Covenant. <laughs> no, no. Although I didn't hate Alien Covenant as much as most people because I think like the Danny McBride factor did it for me. But yeah. you know, but apart from that, and I didn't, I didn't hate the cons. I, it's a bit like the George Lucas thing, isn't it? It's kind of like it's his kind of invention. So in a way, like he can kind of do. It, it, Ridley Scott can do what he wants with the kind of origin. I didn't, I didn't hate the origin idea. It's just because it all looked so different from Alien. Yeah. In that way, you know, you rewatch Alien, you're like, and then you see Prometheus, you're like they've got way better technology than they did in Alien. So, um, but yes, but I, I think I think it's Ridley Scott's best film for me. I'd be inclined to agree with that. I'm also, I do have a soft spot for Gladiator. I'll be honest. Really? Um, yeah, I like that's the one I thought maybe that's like one of the worst. Really? Yeah, I really don't like Gladiator. Sorry, sorry about that. That's fine. You're, you know. we're talking about Alien, thankfully. But yeah, yeah you no, know, I think that, Gladiator versus Gladiator. Alien. Uh, Blade Runner. Blade Runner is arguably, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, arguably yeah, okay. as good as, as Alien. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I don't know. But in terms of atmospheric, though, just oh my god, like it's just riveting. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, heart stopping stuff, and yeah. just and also just the way. The sense of the sense of claustrophobia that he builds in yeah. in the narrow corridors on the ship. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Sunshine owes a lot to Alien, without a shadow of a doubt. Right. In the way that in the in, have you seen Sunshine? No, no. I, I love it. I think it's a massively underrated gem myself, and it certainly owes a lot to Alien in the way you're on this claustrophobic ship and the way the crew interact with each mm. other. Um, and I think that works incredibly well. You've got just an incredibly car- talented cast in Alien as well, with mm. um, Tom Skerritt, Yasukoto, Yafukoto. Harry Dean Stanton. Oh, Harry Dean Stanton, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah like, I was just like, oh yeah, he's Obviously in Sigourney this, Weaver as Ripley. Ian Holm as Ash, the fucking creepiest fuck Android as well. I know, and I forgot about and his cheesy face. Yeah, that bit, like, that <laughs> bit is, yeah, that bit's quite something. And I think still quite disturbing. I remember when I first, when I very first watched Alien, when I was quite young, it was like, the chestburster scene scared the shit out of me, for sure. Yeah. And then the whole thing, I was just like, what is going on with Ian Holm? Like, yeah, what is yeah, he? Like, yeah. and, they've, and they've made this, like, 
creepy they've made him like a creepy monster like android as well like as soon as they like smash his head off you're just like yeah that's not right there's, yeah. some, there's quite something un, a great sense of the unheimlich about yeah, yeah, it yeah, not just a, not to go full film studies on everyone but yeah <laughs> i laughed during the chest bust a bit this time around i think because of like the 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 way it comes out and then it looks one way and looks the other and then it's like <laughs> or something and i was just like oh my god it's like Chris's or something this yeah, is some so of these, funny. yeah, some of the effects haven't stood up that well. I mean, the actual the actual punch in the chest looks great. But yeah, the, the yeah. alien creature itself probably looks, I'd say, a little bit cuter than it did. Yeah, first time around when it's but, face hugging, great. Yeah, I don't know if you're aware though that the cast apparently weren't told that that practical effect mm. was going to happen. Yeah, so you can see, and actually, the more you watch Alien, yeah, the more you can see that that, that look on their faces is genuine. Like, yeah, yeah, Fuck, yeah. What was that? What was like, going what's on? going on? So. Um, other observation, Jonesy's a little shit. Yeah. What a little yeah. shit Jonesy is. Like, he's always just like, yeah, I'm just going to fuck with you. Is this the alien or is it me? And it's just <laughs> like, Jonesy, get a grip. Come on. Um, and also, um, other observation, whew, Ripley, why those pants? Why those pants? Why those pants? I forgot about the time. My, my friend warned me beforehand. He was like, oh, we're going to see Sigourney's tighty whities <laughs> Yeah, there's a friend of mine. There's a friend of mine, and and for the sake of the show, uh, he's probably listening, but he will remain nameless. We did an alien marathon uh, one night, and by the end of Alien, I think we may have played a drinking game, but by the end of Alien, we were quite drunk, and that scene happened. And uh, my nameless friend, he was like, "Oh, panty time, panty time." So yeah, um, I just sort of, I was just sat there going, "Like those are just that's like not a very practical pair of pants (laughs) to be wearing." Uh, but you know no but overall yeah Alien Incredible it's lost none of its I don't think it's lost any of its power to be honest no 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 um, a couple of effect shots have dated it's a film from 1979 that can't be helped no but for the most part like the for the most part the effects I think still look great the the close up stuff certainly on the adult Alien is terrifying yeah, the, yeah, the biomechanical yeah. design yeah. of H.R. Geiger is timeless it's definitely yeah. one of the most if not the most terrifying creature I think committed to screen without a doubt um, maybe I don't know I think maybe Maybe Predator more for me. Okay, fair enough. But, you know, we can have that Alien versus Predator theme. Um, So, yeah, Alien, if if you get a chance, if you haven't, if you missed it this time around at the cinema, hopefully it seems to be one of the few films that, although there's loads of classic films I'd like to see at the cinema, but they only ever seem to cycle a few, and Alien does tend to come back a lot. That and Blade Runner seems to appear quite often as well. Maybe it's a Ridley Scott link, I don't know. Maybe. Um, So, yeah. If you miss it at the cinema this time around and get a chance to see it at the cinema, then 100% go Do and see it, it at the cinema yeah. because the atmosphere is incredible. It's just, just, yeah, it deserves its reputation yeah. as an all-time classic. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, yeah. Nice one. Um, what have you been watching? Uh, Megan? Not an all-time classic, I have to say. Um, but a film that I expected, I kind of went into expecting to hate. Um, Hunter Killer uh, mm. from 2018, directed by Donovan Marsh. Starring everyone's favourite, uh, Gerard Butler. Yeah. Um, as a submarine commander who is tasked with rescuing the Russian president because he's been kidnapped <laughs> as part of a military coup. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, you're right to laugh because the whole thing is absolute. The whole thing is absolute nonsense. There's, um, yeah, they, they narrowly avert World War Three, or do they? Um, oh there's lots of rockets firing at things. There's a special forces incursion into Russia itself. Um, where they have to rescue the president, and then the submarine has to come and pick him up. Um, there's lots of there's lots of uh, submarine on submarine action, which is great. 
all joking apart, yeah, right. I actually quite enjoyed it. I have to say, like yeah. the set pieces are quite tense um, and pretty well done. I mean, the, the whole thing is sort of sub Tom Clancy fast, like it's it's nonsense. Yeah, but it's actually not too bad for for okay. what it is for a, a sort of bit of throwaway, a bit of throw, a throwaway action film. Mm. It delivers on some pretty tense action scenes. I have to say, um, and it was better than I expected. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, I do, you sounds, don't you don't look keen to watch it. Just it sounds like it sounds like a film that Arnie should have been in in the nineties, maybe. Yeah, it kind of does feel a bit like a, a, a cliche throwback to one of those kind of silly films. And yeah. I think that, I think it's because it's because it's so overblown and ridiculous, you can't uh, help but have some sense of a good time with it. Yeah, I think if you if you go in taking it seriously, you probably need to ask yourself some questions. Mm. Uh, but yeah, if you go in and, and don't take it don't take it too seriously. Uh, you can have quite a lot of fun with it, to be yeah. honest. So, yeah, Hunter nice Killer. One. It was all right. Wicked. Yeah. Wicked. What have you? What else have you seen? What else have you managed to stay awake for? <laughs> I stayed awake for Keanu. I've seen Keanu. I really enjoyed it. Well, I watched it because I was watching um, a popular online uh, YouTube channel that does debate shows about film, and someone was arguing about how Jordan Peele could direct action because he directed Keanu and I was like what he didn't direct Keanu but I haven't seen it so I'll give it a watch to see if he could in fact direct action whilst even not though, directing a film whilst not yeah. directing <laughs> it but <laughs> but um I um I really yeah I liked it it was it was way it was way funnier than I thought it was gonna be you know when like sometimes someone's been like Things with Jordan Peele. I know, I know he's funny because Big Mouth is hilarious. He's married to Chelsea Peretti, who's G- like Gina from Brooklyn yeah. Nine Nine. You know, I know they're gonna be, but because for me, like Get Out and this new film are being so like, oh my god, it's gonna be amazing. Jordan Peele, he's such like Oscar worthy, amazing person. I went into it with sort of like, oh, it's not gonna be. Oh, have you seen any of the Key and Peele show? I haven't seen any of the Key and Peele show. Find that on YouTube because okay. they have done some. Fucking awesome well, stuff on the Kim Pill show. Now that yeah. I've seen Keanu, those, those two have got a lot of chemistry. Yeah, together. yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely way more up for it. And yeah. I, can, you know, um, I continental thought, breakfast is the one to look for. Okay, yeah, I'll, that's, yeah that's, I'll, that's great. I'll definitely watch some more. But yeah, I thought it was just a, a, a dumb, hilarious film, and the kitten was a very good kitten. The kitten's I very cute. The kitten. sure. Oh my goodness! And Tiffany Haddish is in this as well, isn't yes. she? Yes, yeah, yes, she is. She appears and she's she's plays a, a mean cop. Yeah, and um, Will Fort. Yes, MacGruber himself. Yeah, yeah. No, I th- I thought it, I thought it was a really uh, there were definitely like some laugh out loud moments. Anna Faris, my favorite Anna Faris, was ridiculous as <laughs> usual. Um, and uh, yeah, no, definitely. I don't think Jordan Peele could direct an action movie yet, but he can definitely act in some more of them. Yeah hilarious i stayed yeah. awake for that and it one. does contain the immortal line at the end of the film which is like unfortunately there's something wrong with keanu and they're like oh my god what's that and it's like he's got an illness that means he's going to remain a kitten forever yes <laughs> and and then there's that that dreams um the um drug sequence where he's voiced by keanu reeves as well which is obviously like yeah, that's um, amazing am- yeah so good yeah yeah so i watched i stayed awake for that yeah what did you I'm, stay I'm awake with you, for i'm with you on keanu it's great uh i stayed awake for um Behind the Curve, um, which is a 2018 documentary that everyone can find on Netflix, assuming you have a subscription, of course. Uh, yeah, and this is uh, wittingly titled. Um, this is a documentary about um, flat earthers, mm. those people that exist still, um, yeah. inexplicably. Yeah. Um, and hey, yeah. I'm one. <laughs> no, you're not. 
Okay. No, you're not. You're off the show. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a rectangular artist. <laughs> so, yeah, so this is a documentary about um, kind of the the leaders, as it were, of the Free Earth movement. Yeah. Um, some of the characters they found on this are actually quite likeable, um, which makes you kind of engage with the documentary a bit more. Mm. Um, I'm not convinced by yeah. their theories. Um, it's... Yeah, it's just bizarre. I mean, we could do a whole show on on what is wrong with these people, and just it's it's. I think what it does quite well is it it, it kind of allows these people to set up their arguments mm. and then shows them and then but isn't shy about showing them doing experiments that disprove their own theories. Mm. So on more than one occasion, they're like, right, this is it. This we're going to prove to you now. For example, that the the Earth isn't spinning, and like, and if we do this, that will prove that the Earth doesn't spin, and then they do it. And all the evidence supports points to the fact they are spinning. Yeah. But then these people are so deluded that they then go, okay, well, well, that's not right. So I think they they basically and they have they also on the other side of the argument they have some established scientists who are talking about and sort of psychologists and talking about that kind of behaviour. Yeah. And basically, one of the scientists is saying at some point you get so point you get so caught up desperately trying to prove what you think is right that you start at point C and then work back to try and prove it even though you think even though you've got no evidence to get you to point Z. Yeah. So they come up with all these increasingly sort of bizarre experiments um and then they just continually prove themselves wrong. So um I'd say like I came away with probably more questions than I should have done about the flat earth theory based on the fact that I watched a documentary on it. So I did do a bit of reading into it afterwards. Um but that being said, it's still it's an interesting documentary looking at a, a subsection of society really um, that is just bizarre and I don't really yeah it's it's a fascinating and entertaining watch. It's difficult, sure. isn't it? Because I guess like at one point or another, lots of people's theories seemed ridiculous and you know a lot of science and a lot of medicine and there's still you know things that are getting proved and what have you. But it's it's like. It, it, the earth it's been proved it is round there's like that it's hard evidence i don't know if there's there's no way of disproving that it's not like they're trying to find a new thing about like the atmosphere is actually made from a, a different gas no, or something yeah, do you know what i mean it's like yeah. it no that's been proven dudes come on it's it and, and i i like um i said when did i say it when did i see it Maybe it was a little snippet of a documentary about this guy who's saying it's basically a conspiracy theory to keep people, like, controlled. Might be a snippet from it. I'm sure that's yeah. mentioned in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It? And I was just like, I understand with, like, the creationist kind of angle, but, yeah, that, that theory, you know, like how Stanley Kubrick directed the moon landing yeah. video and stuff, it's just, oh, for goodness sake. But, yeah, no, I'm... I'm um, I'm keen to watch that. I need to make a solid effort to watch more documentaries, actually, because they are, like, a... Uh, cinematic art form which I don't fully involve myself in as much as I'd like no, fair to. enough right. so yeah. maybe maybe I'll try maybe it's a new challenge one doc a week one doc go. a week yeah. this, one, this one's alright to be fair it's more, I would say it's more entertaining than it is documentary okay Um, but it's yeah you still you'll learn something about yeah just how crazy these people are yeah yeah I think but um, yeah, it's no, it's well enough made. It's um, yeah, it's not good. It's not going to win any awards by any stretch, but it's it's well enough made and it's enjoyable. So I think it yeah. does its job on that basis. Awesome. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. 
Um, right, so what we're going to do, we're going to have a quick break and then we will, you will then hear my voice again, yeah. uh, but talking to the guys behind Rebel Film Festival. Oh, you've ruined the illusion. Uh, I have ruined the illusion, oh, yes. they're waiting out the door, but yeah, I've, got to, I've, got to, yeah. I've got to go. Yeah. Just you interviewing Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I'm so too we, will, we will cut to, and what, in the interest of being open and honest, what is a pre-recorded interview from this morning uh, with the two guys behind uh, Rebel Film Festival. So enjoy that, and we'll be back after that interview with our... Our review of Fighting With My Family. Right, hello. Uh, thank you for coming on the show, guys. I'm joined by uh, Will and Ben from Rebel Film Festival, which I, which listeners from last week's show will remember that I went to last weekend in Bristol and had a thoroughly good time. Uh, and I'm very lucky that Ben and Will have agreed to join us for a brief interview and tell us a bit more about the film festival. So, yeah, guys, enough of me talking. Over to you guys. Just tell us a bit about sort of your background, what's led you to Rebel Film Festival, and a bit about yourselves, really, if you if you wouldn't mind. Sure. Yeah. Well, thanks for thanks for coming along and thanks for having us on uh, on the podcast. Um, really enjoyed the last one that you kind of rounded up the the fest. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thanks. That's some great reviews. Yeah. As well. And also kind of giving it to the people using phones in cinemas. Big, big fan of that. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you over, I don't know if you overheard me in the uh, in the screening, but that was me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like justified in my opinion. Um, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I think like uh, like how do we get to this point? Um, I don't know. Probably like a lot of uh, over ambition and uh, missteps probably got us to this point. But I think like. We, we've learned <laughs> learned a lot from this year's uh, like this year's Bristol Fest, and I think it's going to improve uh, what we do and what we kind of offer as a package. Because um, our like our, our ambition, I would have said before before this year when we kind of rebranded, because we used to I'll kind of go back to the beginning, I guess we yeah, we ran so we ran uh, Plymouth Film Fest for five years okay. uh, before we kind of rebranded it. Well, four years, and we rebranded the last year as as Rebel um, because we were moving from Plymouth. Um, we started it originally because there wasn't really anything in Plymouth to, to you know, call a, a festival. And we had to travel up to Encounters and stuff in Bristol anyway. And we were yeah. studying there. And we, we just wanted somewhere we could go and kind of thought, what would we want from a film fest? And we just kind of started it from there. Um, and, it, and it grew very quickly. Um, we didn't expect to get all these kind of international entries and, and things like that. And, and it just kind of, by second year, it had kind of taken off. Um, so yeah, we kind of started it like that, and then we really enjoyed it. And it was like, it's, I mean, it's always been a passion project. It was never like something that was financially viable, <laughs> you know, no. makes sense. <laughs> so it was like, we we enjoyed doing it, and we thought it would be really nice if we could kind of make it into something that you could do as a job, and you can kind of be around filmmakers, and you can be part of this uh, process. That you know, we weren't good enough filmmakers ourselves, probably, to to be a part of that process in any other way. So <laughs> that's why I do this. That's why I do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it kind of came out of that, and and we thought, like, what can we do? Um, you know, we could offer, like, hopefully at some point, we still hope that we, this is kind of the the path we can go down. But we can help with distribution and things, um, which is like where, obviously, like, there's a lot of really talented filmmakers, and we see, like hundreds hundreds of talented filmmakers kind of come through the submissions process um, and we get to meet a lot of them at, at the festivals but they, they'll quite often they'll struggle to either um, you know fund a, a feature film or kind of move from shorts to features and then if they get to that point where they make a feature they'll almost certainly like get no distribution or like a really terrible distribution deal um, 
they'll make no money they might not make another film and and they might you know give up and that's kind of like in our opinion it was never like really the the best people that were making you know the the, the most talented people that were making the feature films and, and like the, yeah. the kind of british cinema scene i guess um but like we we just kind of had this like utopian vision i guess of, of some kind of uh, meritocracy where you you would if you were talented enough you'd get the chance and and you could go on and do stuff and that was kind of the, the big picture really. yeah i think that was like the ethos for the festival as well with everything we always do we always say kind of quality is the number one factor for us um so we select the very best films that we receive we don't um have any kind of ambitions to fulfill any sort of criteria so within the production system we wanted to do the same thing um, and you know we feel like independent filmmakers don't necessarily have the opportunity whereas they, they definitely should um, especially like some yep. of the really talented filmmakers we meet so I think yeah like moving forward that's our plan maybe like over the next five ten years um, it's a little way off yet but I think like you know we're working towards it so yeah, and and I think like we we overextended was a big like that was what we really learned was um, we thought like what we needed to do because we really loved the atmosphere of the festival and kind of keeping it um, small like like a single type screen or single venue type type event you know um, so we we were trying to cultivate this atmosphere and keep everyone in the venue and and put on beer and food and and do things like that um, and we what we didn't want to do was expand one festival to be across a city or you know to kind of yeah. to, to to break so it the up single location is quite important to you is it to keep the yeah keep the atmosphere would you say Definitely. yeah which is why we we extended across so we were like well we could be in multiple cities and do what like yeah. one weekend event in each city and that was kind of the idea but the workload has been insane like like <laughs> you know it's just it, it was impossible to keep up with so how many of you running this year so obviously i went to see you guys in bristol then there's one in Plymouth and Edinburgh is that correct that's right yeah so three festivals this year um yeah. about three months in between each one yeah say. we had to put like we've already had to push the the Edinburgh one because it was just um too it was too much like we weren't happy with like what we had in place to do it so we pushed the date um because we want it to right. be I mean we expect like a certain standard of what we're doing from ourselves like so we had some, we got some great films because we have we've already made the selections for Edinburgh and the films are cracking but um we weren't like in in a position ourselves to to kind of arrange the beer and, and do like kind of what we would expect hospitality wise to to yeah. welcome the filmmakers so yeah so we pushed that back to october um and hopefully you know we'll get the time in between so with the with the, the three festivals this year then um you must have watched a lot of films um <laughs> and these I, I noticed when uh when i attended there was a mix of, of short and features um basically i guess what i'm coming around to is is that there, there, I'm looking at two, two of you and you're running three film festivals in a year. Is it just you? How, what's the selection process on the films? Do you do it yourselves? Do you have help? Um, what what kind of, or when they, and again, probably following on from that, what, what are you looking for when you're picking a film for the festival, I guess? Okay. Um, so, yeah, up until uh, this year, we, when we just ran in the Plymouth Festival, we did, we watched everything in its entirety just between the two of us, um, which was a huge amount right. of work anyway, because we get, what did you get, like around 500 films? Yeah, probably 500-ish. Yeah, so um, we knew that wasn't gonna be possible um, like with three festivals. So what we decided to do um, just after the Plymouth Festival last year was bring some of our alumni on board. Um, so we use them as screeners to continue to grow the vision of the festival. You know, there's a reason we've selected their films um, and we hope they'll see the same things in the other submissions we get. Um, so I think we've had maybe about 
five or six um, like screeners that we used to go through all of the films. But yeah. I think we found ourselves like going back through like the films again just because we, we, we just we don't want to miss anything. As we say, we want the best filmmakers to get selected and their films to be seen. So that's so important yeah. to us. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a massive amount of work, but it's also really enjoyable. <laughs> like, you know, you're just sat there <laughs> and every now and again, you see these incredible films and it just spurs you to keep watching a load more. So Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I'd say like th this for the Bristol event, there's been like uh, probably like a core group of uh, alumni that have been like amazing yeah. helping us out. Um, and and they like they're quite keen to carry on and we're hopefully going to get a few more from the event so we've spoken to some of the kind of films that play the filmmakers that played at bristol and and we've got like a bit of interest there as well so i think um mm. i think hopefully we'll we'll grow that and like it does it helps us kind of um diversify slightly from like we want to keep like the core vision of like quality and the best films playing but it also does broaden uh, kind of, you know, what people are interested in and, and bring a few new voices onto the committee, essentially. So I think it helps, um, helps like strengthen the, the overall festival to do it that way anyway. Um, but yeah, like in terms of like, how do we pick films? I think it's just, um, we don't, I mean, we look at film as quite a commercial thing anyway. And, and we like, you know, we're big fans of mainstream kind of cinema we like you know we like we got a pretty eclectic mix and i think you can kind of see that from from like coming to the festival and watching the films it's like there's well yeah you've got big lebowski quirky. rebel film festival t-shirt so there's definitely some there's definitely <laughs> yeah. a taste in there somewhere <laughs> there's some there's some quirky stuff in there yeah. but there's like a lot of very entertaining kind of mainstream stuff as well and i think yeah we we just try and select stuff that really uh speaks to us as you know as a film like if we think like because you could have a, a, a like a technically perfect film and it might not really like it might not kind of match up to the sum of its parts essentially it might not be that i don't know it might just be lacking a bit of soul or something and yeah um but like at the same time you can have a film that technically is is missing some of those elements they are not polished but like the story is so good that you just want to tell it and, it and it's kind of like i think it's it's a mix of those things where we just look for if it speaks to you kind of on some level um and and we like we obviously disagree as well about films that we want to get in and and i think like that's part of the fun as well as if you can play a, a film that is potentially going to divide an audience and everyone comes out you going, can play a film that the other one hates basically <laughs> yeah and, and i think that is like yeah it's like you you know you're gonna you know you're gonna stir up some opinion uh from like people coming yeah. out of the cinema and i think that's quite a nice thing as well so i don't oh, know good, hopefully good. that answers the question yeah i mean i think like story is like you know a really important factor to us so a lot of people come and say, oh, well, you know, the production values on a lot of the films are really high. Um, but then again, you know, there's certain films in that selection that were made on a shoestring budget and the production values aren't high. So I think, yeah, quite often you get, um, you know, a big production where the script is great, but you also get these kind of tiny films in a single location where they've got a really strong script and a great performance. Um, and it could cost next to nothing, but, you know, the story's there and it's like really engaging to watch. So. I would say in terms of criteria, yeah, we're extremely open, but we just look for something that we want to share with other people, that we want to watch, um, we think other people should watch, essentially. Cool. Um, where do you think, I noticed that there was sort of a lot of the films there were, were short films. Um, how important do you think it is? Do you, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is, 
do you think that short film is something that should have a better representation across the across the country in terms of the fact I personally think it's a, a massively underrated form of filmmaking I think it's just as accomplished as, as feature filmmaking in its own right I mean where do you guys stand on that do you do you think it should do you think it should go wider I'm, I assume you think it should go wider because you put on a film festival um, but I, I think you see where I'm coming from how important no, do you think it stopped. is to showcase short yeah. film basically <laughs> yeah no, I think like we're probably in total agreement on that I'd say um, like we it's, it's really hard. Like, this is one of the things we fight against all the time is it's really hard to bring an audience in for short film because people have this kind of misconception of short film being this really art housey or like experimental kind of format, mm. which it can be. And, and like there's definitely a place for all that stuff. Um, but like the stuff we play is much more mainstream, much more Hollywood-esque type short films. And some of them are even so tight in terms of like a 15 minute film that you will get like this perfect three act structure with a character arc and things that you would, you know, you could you could easily have watched a ninety-minute film that wouldn't have had any more flesh on that character, and and I, I think like it, there, there's something to be said for the skill in, in creating something like that, um, which definitely is how most filmmakers kind of cut their teeth. Um, they they'll make short films, they'll progress onto feature films, and some will just like continue to make short films. Um, I mean, we get um, submissions from like for over the last five six years, we've had submissions from filmmakers that just make continuously phenomenal short films and and you're like mm. they're so prolific at making these films and you're just like why haven't they why haven't they been given one of these like feature projects because they've obviously got the talent to do it um, and that, those are the types of people that we're kind of you know those filmmakers that we look at and we're like they can definitely they they just need an opportunity to to do it yeah yeah absolutely yeah i mean it's it, it's difficult because it's never going to be well, it's, I think it's hard to see a way that it's going to be commercially viable, short film, um, because you've got like an insane amount of really, really good short films online for free already with like, you know, mm. of the week or Vimeo staff picks. Um, but there's certainly something to be said for watching these films in the cinema as well, um, especially like some of the ones we screen really do lend themselves to being watched in the cinema. Um, but they're definitely always going to be kind of um, a calling card for that feature film. But again, just to kind of change people's perception of what short film can be, you know, I think is like a really valuable thing as well. So I think like the festival goes a long way to achieving that. Yeah, I think well, there's like things like Netflix could actually help a lot because I don't like, you know, I watched um, like Kung, Kung Fu Fury on Netflix, which is like a short that did like a bit of... Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah and like course. it did a bit of a festival <laughs> thing, I'm pretty sure. And then like went on Netflix. And like, I feel like it's a pretty good outlet for shorts like some like mm. Netflix because they do put like some short documentaries and stuff on there as well um so yeah I think like that that type of thing could really change public perception because pretty much everyone's got Netflix or you know Prime or whatever now and I think like if if they pushed it a bit more um it would be really beneficial like both ways because they would get some reasonably cheap content for their platform and I think the filmmakers would obviously then get promoted by the platform and I, th I think like it could work to change public perception of what short film is and kind of how entertaining it can be. Yeah, I think well that leads me into my next question. Really, I think you meant, we were talking off off uh, off mic as it were um, earlier. Um, in terms of the so, the kind of split of filmmakers and non filmmakers that come to film festivals, how important do you think it is that the like the members of the public are encouraged to come? I guess in terms of the fact you've got a bar, you catered like that kind of thing. That kind of I think opens it up a bit more 
to the members of the public and, and makes it feel possibly a little bit less elitist. Where, where do you guys stand on that? It's, it's, it's super important, obviously. I think it's like one of those things that we were saying, I think we were just saying like off mic that we were kind of, we had a bit of a learning curve about like what we were offering and... Um, How demanding the public are. The public are more demanding than filmmakers. <laughs> but like, I think we learned a lot of lessons, but but we definitely want the public at every event. You know, it's like for the for the filmmakers to get feedback from the public is so important. Because mm. if you only get feedback from your friends, family, it's going to be all positive. If you only get feedback from other filmmakers, it's probably going to be all negative. I don't know, but like, uh, I, th <laughs> I think they'll support every technical flaw. But like, if you if you can put it in front of an audience that just likes to go down the view on a Friday night and not overly yeah. thinking every aspect of a film, and they can come out and say honestly whether they enjoyed it or not, I think like that that is like a really useful thing for uh for filmmakers to kind of experience um and that and that's like you know it's ideal in terms of film festivals position in the market to be able to do that um and, and like i i think you know getting getting the public in like also what we were saying about like changing opinion like it can help to to broaden that appeal um which is like kind of what we've been the battle we've been fighting from from the beginning, and we don't we don't want to have an elitist atmosphere at our festival anyway at all. Um, you know, we want it to be for everyone um, because we're not that sort of film festival. Hopefully, that comes across. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's no, it's, it's there's quite no nice red car. I think there have been to a few film festivals and people kind of just go, "Oh, and what have you made?" <laughs> it's like yeah. you do you do. I think and, they, and that not so much in recent years, but I think film festivals have been guilty of that in the past. Probably not even deliberately, to be honest. Um, so I think it's great that there is there is a more relaxed atmosphere to, to these and a few a few film festivals I've been to are adopting that now where everyone can sort of speak to the filmmakers afterwards. The filmmakers aren't kind of sort of rolled out, put up on a stage, do a Q and A, and then disappear. So yeah, I think you guys did you did definitely achieve that. It was good to chat to some filmmakers afterwards as well. So yeah, absolutely. I think you've got the, definitely got the right idea. And that bread was amazing as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we like we like food, we like beer, we like gin. So, good food, yeah. good films, yeah. and good yeah. drinks. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, that's that's pretty much it. So, where where if people do want to check out Rebel Film Festival, when when are the other dates for this year? You're going to uh, Plymouth and Edinburgh, but if you wanted to bit about those, the end of June we're going to be in uh, in Plymouth. So t I think it's the 29th, 29th, 30th of June, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then in Edinburgh we're going to be fifth, sixth of October now. Um, and yeah, in in Plymouth we've got the arts and the arts center's got like a new, brand new cinema they've just built. So we're pretty excited to kind right. of get in there. Um, and it's it's going to be like maybe almost twice the size yeah. as as it was uh, last year. So it was always kind of full up in in the arts center in Plymouth because it was a seventy-ish seater uh, cinema, sixty seventy seat cinema, and now they've kind of made this hundred and twenty seat cinema. So I think. It's going to be exciting. Hopefully, we'll be able to get more members of the public in because it was quite. It was like what you say. It was one of those ones that it was almost all filmmakers, probably like over half filmmakers right. when we did it in Plymouth. And and I think like it was a very different feel to the event, a very different vibe to the event than kind of the Bristol one, which was maybe seventy, eighty percent public. Um, so yeah, I think like having having the option to kind of get well, having the ability to get more people in, I think will be. Uh, you know, it's pretty exciting. I think what's happening down there, um, and in Edinburgh, we're in the cameo yeah, the cameo, cameo yeah. Cinema. Quentin Tarantino's favourite cinema, apparently. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> that one's got got the prestige there. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> no pressure, guys. <laughs> no, so yeah, that's on the fifth and sixth of October. So 
few months away yeah cool and where can we find it says rebelfilmfestival.co.uk uh, correct on that one or have i got that we're, we're international dot com yeah dot <laughs> com there we go so rebelfilmfestival.com if you want to find out more about the film festival uh yeah and well thank you for coming on guys it's been a pleasure to chat to you um and all the best with the festivals coming up no worries thanks very much for having us on yeah cheers it's been a pleasure no worries. and keep up the good work thank you <laughs> Fighting with my family. What did we think? I was trying to think of loads of wrestling things and I couldn't. Bad segment. Bad segue. Can you smell a what Grace is cooking? Well, I was going to do that. I used to be able to do a much better rock impression than that, but I got a bit shy, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's difficult. I can do the people's eyebrow. Yeah, it's a good one. They can't see that, unfortunately. No, that's a good point. Sorry, listeners. Yeah. If you want to see me do the people's eyebrow, then you probably won't. And Paul so, said before this show, oh, do you want to introduce the show? I was like, no, I can't even do the seg- segues, for goodness sake. I can't think of a good joke. Well, you came in with lots of enthusiasm, so you, yeah. you, it's, it's <laughs> baby steps. It's baby steps. Yeah, baby steps. just making noises. <laughs> That's our wrestling noises. That's the wrestling <laughs> noise. So, yeah. yeah, so fighting with my family, set this one up for us. What's it about? Who, who made it? And all that kind of It is about info. one of the best WWE divas in history, apart from China and Lita and Michelle McCall, <laughs> who is called Paige, real name Soraya Knight. It is based on a 2000 and, I want to say 2011 documentary, fact check that because I might be wrong um that channel four put out called fighting with my family about the Knight family um from um Alan Partridge County North 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 Norfolk Digital uh, <laughs> Norwich who have got a wrestling school basically and their two kids um Zach and uh uh Soraya um are training to basically and they they want to be WWE superstars and um so that documentary I I remember watching that documentary years ago and then in that obviously um Soraya gets signed and the brother sorry spoiler you know but that that happens Soraya gets signed her brother doesn't and then when I watched WWE you know years later it's like oh it's her yeah that wasn't just a thing and basically this um uh page slash soraya went on to kind of lead the way to a more feminine feminist um outlook on women's wrestling and take and having it taken more seriously i guess apart from the fact that wwe has that weird dubai saudi arabia yeah thing which but yeah um so yeah basically that's kind of so it's basically based on that documentary which, and then which i read an interview with Stephen merchant the other day who directed this and yeah. he said that basically he tells this great story where he's got he's got uh, an idea that the rock was sitting in a travel lodge uh when he was over in the uk and managed to accidentally catch this documentary on channel four so apparently Dwayne johnson the rock picked up this documentary and then approached Stephen merchant and said would you be interested in making it yeah so that's how um Dwayne johnson's got involved in this yeah yeah. Um, and he has a small part in it as yep. himself, as The Rock. And yeah. it's very entertaining to see him back in character. Because yeah, yeah, for me, completely. I think we were talking about this last week briefly, but I was a massive um, WWE fan for a few years. Yeah. And I think it peaked with certainly The Rock and Stone Cold for me. Yeah. And hasn't quite been the same ever since. Yeah, I think my, um, I was like super um, massive fan of Edge. And then when he got his back injury and yeah. stuff, I, that's when I kind of started to get less involved and then there are kind of a few more characters like this new wave of wrestlers where they all kind of just look like Jason Momoa look alike so I'm kind of like 
Like no one really has like anything cat. Like they all they're all quite samey now. But yeah. But from watching this now, I'm kind of like, oh, maybe I should like get back into it actually because I do I do enjoy it a lot. No, I'm you with know. you. I, it's I one of the only soaps that I can yeah. deal with. No one knows what it is. It's very silly yeah. and it's quite enjoyable. Yeah. But but the film. The woo! film, yes. What did you think? Um, it's got one of my favourite up and coming young stars in it, uh, Florence Pugh playing yeah. Paige. She's and- from Lady. Ma- Beth? Yes. Yeah. Uh, she's terrifying in Lady Macbeth, and she's probably, in some ways, equally as terrifying in this. I thought. Yeah. Um, I think she's an incredible talent, and I think she does a really, really good job yeah. in in what could be a difficult role, to be honest. Because I think, and it's, I think what's what comes across um, early doors from certainly the wrestling stuff is that she um, she has clearly spent some time in the ring practicing. Yeah. I think you can tell. Um, yeah. You can see, and that comes across, and it's quite nice as well that and, and that comes into it and the fact that she's done sort of a bit more so she's done a fairly good range of stuff now but i think that the the, the overriding factor i think and, and her casting in this and the way that the cast although it's sometimes it is played for comedy the cast take it pretty seriously it's quite nice to have a film that doesn't feel like it's looking it's no looking down its nose at wrestling yeah um i think it, it's taking the 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 sport in inverted commas because we know it's it's entertainment for sure um sport might be stretching it because it is fixed as it yeah. were but that's not that's not me criticizing it because I'm a big fan of it but yeah. it takes it it takes its subject matter seriously it has a respect for the subject matter and I think it has a respect for fans of the subject matter as well which oh, is great yeah. um so I think that's that's really refreshing to see yeah um and I just think yeah I think it's it's an effective underdog story I think I have read criticism in places um and the reason I'm being so knowledgeable on this is because I finished my review of this film about an hour before okay. you arrived, Grace. So, Fair enough. Yeah, I did read criticism in some quarters that they perhaps would have liked it to tell her story a bit further um, because there is darker elements to her story. There are. But I don't think that would have worked in this film. I no. Like, I, don't think, I don't think it would have been jarring on the tone and I think the tone of the film, I think, works as it is without going into those, oh, those darker elements of her character, for sure. Completely. Like, the whole bit where she's... Um, when she's doing the training and she goes blonde and does the tan makeup, like that's basically like no, she probably got her breasts done and a lip job and yeah. had to do all these like you know Hollywood things to get you know further. But I think if that it would have gone, it, it's supposed to be a fact. Like when I went to the screening I went to, there were a lot of families there, yeah. and that just and and I was shocked enough that they dropped the S bomb and said bollocks yeah. and you know that <laughs> kind of thing. So um, you know, for a WWE for a WWE Studios film, especially, I was kind of like, "Whoa, this is quite yeah. edgy, crikey! <laughs> they can't even bleed on WWE now, and they're yeah. saying the word shit." Um, but that's fine. Um, but and you know, and if they had gone into the whole further bit with her and her sex tapes and all that, and her neck injury and how she's now retired, and yeah. it's kind of. I, no, I think it would have. Yeah, I would think it would have skewed too dark, and yeah. I don't think the film would have worked as well necessarily. Um, I don't yeah. think it's, I don't think it, it's quite a match for uh, the Creed series or the Rocky films. Quite, it's not quite up there, but I still think it delivers an entertaining underdog story. For I sure. preferred it to Creed two. What? <laughs> yeah. No, the training yeah. montages, the training montages in Creed two. That's what sold that film for me. <laughs> right. I'm gonna go to the outback exactly. where all. The... <laughs> God. No, I I really liked fighting with my family, and I'm not usually a big fan of like British comedies. No, too much because I I always feel like the scripts are always written in a quite stunted way, and everything's delivered really unnaturally. Whereas with this, I really it was kind of like a yeah, Mike Lee with uh yeah with you know a Hollywood kind of glamour on it, yeah, which was 
cool. Yeah, I thought Florence Pugh was great. The 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 actual I I could even bear Vince Vaughn in this film. Uh, do you know what? I thought Vince Vaughn was quite good in this. I think he's had something of a um, Vince Vaughn reconnaissance, which yeah. doesn't work at all. But because he was in um, what was that film that I I've completely forgotten the name of that film that I love that really extreme extreme. Yeah, it was pretty extreme in terms of its violence. I've Fair completely, enough. I've completely forgotten what it was called. It was great. I've, I only, I've started to enjoy Vince Vaughn in films recently. I've only so liked films like It feels like he's trying again. And I think right. he's, so he plays, in this he plays like the head trainer for yeah. WWE, doesn't he? He's the like scout. The, the sele- yeah. yeah, the scout or the selection coach. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. And I think he's he's good in this. And then we've got Nick Frost and Lena Headey as her parents, who I think yeah. are great. They've yeah. got great chemistry together. Yeah, yeah. I like I like that. She looked, she looked a bit like... Um, Katie Sagal and Sharon Osbourne yeah, rolled yeah, into yeah, one, yeah. didn't she? It's a good, it's a good description. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Stephen Merchant was funny in his little yes. bit, and um, yeah. And I just thought, I thought it just like captured a Britain really well, which I don't come away from British films often. Like, I, I, I kind of feel like showing that to an American audience is like a fair representation of like not not like a normal British family, obviously because not all British families wrestle, but the way the the banter yeah. and the the relationships and the scenery and like even like where they I, I was quite surprised with the um the drug dealing kid and how they represented that in a WWE Studios film. I feel like actually kudos to The Rock and and th- that side for actually going as deep as they did with yeah. that because I think it, it needed that element I think it, I think it, it trod for me yeah you're right I think I think it trod almost a perfect balance of some some of the darker elements like the drug dealing with the kids and the brother yeah. and the brother having the fight in the bar and yeah. struggling with alcohol <clears> and that kind of thing yeah. I think it it trod a fine line I think and I think the line worked I think what what the darker elements were there worked um, but it never overstepped the mark into sort of into sort of despairing drama if that yeah. makes sense and I think as a result you get a, a quite a lightweight um, feel good film maybe is probably pushing it, but I think you know where I'm coming from. It's it's a fun film. It's definitely got a sense. Yeah. Of, it's definitely it still wants to entertain you. Yeah. Um, as much as it wants to evoke an emotional response, and I yeah. think it does it does a good job of that. One of my main beefs was what the hell was the girl who played AJ Lee? What was that? She looked nothing <laughs> like. Why not just get AJ Lee? Like she hasn't aged that much. She still <laughs> looks. So AJ Lee similar. listeners was uh, the WWE Women's Champion at the time of when Paige. Yeah. Oh, is that the entrance music? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, this is after Paige and AJ Lee were after my time. I yeah. Think. Well, she was like, like she's like this really tiny, like pop punk kind of excited young, like young featured looking girl. Whereas this woman that was portrayed on here was quite like old and older lady and just her whole theme like they had they had the theme music but her whole like outfit and everything was wrong and her entrance and everything it was just so off i thought really will you forgive it for that though Uh, that's the that's one of my only only criticisms you know fair enough i suppose if they're striving for if they are striving for if you're gonna have the big show and seamus in that yeah like you know in one of the most awkward conversations i've seen in a film (laughs) but you know that 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 um i have um a friend who actually played WrestleMania as a musician, um, right. and and it, like it's crazy. Like he basically met like um, Mr. T, and oh, wow. like it, he's got some amazing picks. And like I went to watch um, the WrestleMania which he played at. Um, we went to watch it in a pub. And we were like, "Phil, you're amazing." 
Wayne, look, there he is. And no one believed us. They're like, yeah, yeah. It's like, no, there's our friend miming playing the guitar because they don't have a real sound system at the New Orleans wow. Stadium. But anyway, but he, that whole scene where they're all queuing up for their food, like that is so accurate. <laughs> yeah. He said he said it was so weird because it's like a, a like long table buffet yeah. and he's like sat there and like the undertaker's like two <laughs> things down. Just like, yeah, yeah. he's just like, this is so weird, you know, because it's like completely like yeah. sports style do you know yeah. what i mean like there's no kind of he said there wasn't much like kind of vip status no. everyone was just there to do their job do you know yeah. what i mean which so that was actually really accurate yeah i can yeah there's a sense of authenticity that i think the film the yeah. film breeds well to be honest yeah. but yeah overall then i think it's a recommendation from us to be honest i, yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed it I yeah it was, yeah i thought it was pacey well written yeah. quite funny in places and the rest of them the rest of the scenes were really good yeah and i hope um, it actually shows people that wrestling isn't just some like i mean obviously there is like a lot of dumbness but it isn't just, oh oh it's all choreographed yeah but if you get that choreography wrong you're gonna hurts, hurt yeah. yourself it's amazing it's athleticism it's showmanship the other it's... thing to watch on that subject actually yeah. is louis through his weird weekends where he goes to the wcw training camp that's on netflix at the moment. Oh, okay. if you haven't seen that it's amazing okay louis through kind of goes in with his skepticism and then it's years old now but um yeah he goes in with skepticism and then they try and train him to be a wrestler and he's like Oh, shit, I have seen that. Yeah, that rings a bell. I have seen so, that. So yeah, yeah um, but moving away and away from Louis through back to fight with my family. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's at cinemas at the moment, so if you yeah. do get a chance to see it, definitely check yeah. it out. Not whether a single bad performance in it. Yeah, whether you're a wrestling yeah. fan or not, I think there is enough in it for you. Yeah, do it. Do it. Right. Well, that pretty much brings us to the end of this week's episode. Close. Um, we'll be back next week. Oh, what's out on Friday? Oh, oh, I wonder. Um, uh, uh, Captain uh, Captain Planet, Captain, Captain Fantastic, Cap- Captain Marvel. No, not Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. I didn't notice that was coming up on International Women's Day. Is that oh, have they made? Have they timed that? Yeah, they've that done well. that, haven't they? Clever, yeah. clever. Oh, clever marketing. Yeah. yeah. Captain Marketing. Perhaps. Captain Marketing. Anyway, so yes, yeah. so we'll be back next week, certainly oh, with a review oh, of Captain Marvel, yeah. which I'm quite excited about seeing. So yeah. yeah, join us next week. In the meantime, you can find out uh, more about us on at Strangers Cinema on Twitter, Strangers Cinema on Instagram, yeah. Strangers Cinema on Facebook. So follow us by all means. Let yeah. us know your thoughts on the show. We've had some feedback this week from Twitter, which has been nice. Yeah. We don't get a lot of it. So yeah, feel free to talk to us. Uh, we will try and talk back um, yeah. for sure. So yeah, let us know what you think. And we'll be back next week. Goodbye. Shut up and sit down.